Hello, it's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. It's so nice to have you join us again today on the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to remind us again, the purpose for all this is for us to grow in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. And not only that, and to be able to transfer that to someone else. Teach someone, share with someone, communicate the same with someone. And let's fill the heart with the knowledge of Christ together. Glory to Jesus. Thank you so much for always partnering with us in that. All right, let's jump right into the word for today. Um, for some time now, we have been considering the fundamentals of salvation. Why we are trying to uh, address the concern why a believer cannot lose his salvation. Okay, and we've gone through several concepts so far. And today, we are going to be looking at another concept that the Holy Ghost uses in the epistles to communicate the concept of salvation to us through the apostles' letters, through the epistles. Glory to Jesus. So come with me. Uh, before that, uh, last class, we actually treated what? Salvation as God expiating for man's sins. So today... We'll move on with that to another concept that the Holy Ghost uses. Uh, come with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, I'll read from verse 1 to 8. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Verse 6, for when we were still without strength, in due time, God uh, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God, verse 8, demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. No our point of emphasis is verse 6 and verse verse 7, uh, verse 6, verse 7 and verse 8. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Let's see verse 8 again. But God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, brethren, today we are going to be considering the concept of salvation uh, which is called substitution. Salvation as God's substitutionary work for man. Glory to Jesus. You see, uh, in verse 6 and verse 8, the words for 
for us. Okay, Christ died for us or for the ungodly. For there is what are connote substitution. Okay, the two Greek words that are used, you know, for the word for us, for them, for him, they are upa. Upa means for the sake of, or you say instead. So upa, H-U-P-E-R, the Greek word for 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 horse okay is no it means for the sake of or you can say instead so we can say for when we were still without strength romans 5 6 in due time christ died instead of the ungodly or you can say christ died for the sake of the ungodly glory to jesus another greek word that is usually used uh, in the same vein is anti the word anti a-n-t-i anti means in place of so we have several scriptures where this concept recalls okay christ died for the ungodly christ died instead of the ungodly christ took our place in suffering okay he took our place in death glory to jesus let's see more more instances of this uh, so that we can uh, solidify this idea and then move on. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two, verse one, verse twenty-one. Let's take verse twenty-one. For this, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. So we see for us again. The word here is upa, upa for horse. Christ died in our stead. Christ died for our sake. Okay, let's see Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. Glory to Jesus. Thank you for your word, Father. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse fourteen and fifteen. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Again, telling us the concept of substitution. Okay, they died, you know, uh, 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 the, 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 the death that was meant for man, Christ died for man. Okay, verse 14 says, if one died for all, then all died. Verse 15, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So we see for for, for repeating itself here, upa, the Greek, uh, the Greek word upa, meaning for the sake of, instead of, let's see uh, some more, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the same uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, let's see verse 20 and verse 21. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. On Christ's behalf, yeah, is what? Instead of Christ, in place of Christ, okay? For he, verse 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. Again, Hooper, telling us that there has been a substitution. There has been a substitution. He took our death. Okay, he took our place in suffering. Glory to Jesus. Let's see Galatians chapter 1, verse 4. 
um maybe this will be the last one we see uh okay maybe second to the last then i just call out the rest for us we can do that in our personal study galatians 1 4 who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our god and father so he gave himself for our sins we see again the concept of substitution glory to jesus all that our instances galatians chapter 3 verse 13 galatians chapter 3 verse 13 first corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 first corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 to 11 if i let's see that isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 to 11 Isaiah chapter 53 is a popular scripture by the way. Uh, Isaiah 53 verse 5 to verse 4 to 11. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. We see the idea of substitution clearly. Okay, prophesied here. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Do we hear that? For our transgressions. Again, we see substitution. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Glory to Jesus. I'm going to stop there. It goes on to, to verse 11. So we see for 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 it was done uh 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 uh, was killed you know uh he died for us he bore our our sins our iniquities okay for 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 kept on repeating itself that is communicating again what substitution another scripture is hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 which i will come to in a jiffy we'll still come to that hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 um yeah so salvation we see is jesus's substitutionary work what is the idea behind that to take our place in suffering to take our place in death okay to die instead of us to die for our sake that is the concept of substitution okay so salvation again is god's substitutionary work for man's sake for man Glory to Jesus. So what he did, I began talking briefly about this towards the end of last class. Everything that Jesus did while he walked on earth, his death, his burial, his resurrection, he did them not for himself, not for his own sake, but for us. Okay? Everything he did, he did for our benefit, not for his. Okay? There was no benefit for him in everything that he did. That's why he came, he was never rich. He didn't come to get rich, okay? I, I mean material riches, financially, okay? He came, he didn't, no record of him getting married in the scriptures, in the Bible. Why? He didn't come for that. He came for a purpose, Matthew 2.21, to save man, to save his people from their sins, to save us from our sins. So everything he came to do, everything he did was for our sake, for my sake, for your sake. Glory to Jesus. Okay, uh, 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 we may have heard of that scripture, Hebrews chapter 2, uh, verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Okay, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And then that seems to uh, uh, want to look like, okay, maybe 
Christ did that for, for some glory, for the glory of conquest. Maybe, okay, he endured the cross. Why? Because of the glory. Because God was going to give him a new name. God was going to glorify him. God was going to put him at his right hand and things like that. No, not at all. He didn't do everything that he did for that, for benefit of himself. He did it for our benefit. My benefit, your benefit. I like the way Philippians puts that. Uh, puts that. Paul's epistle to, to the church at Philippi. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 8. Let us see some, some, some details in that. So again, what are we pushing right now? Everything Christ did, he did for you and for me. Glory to Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, verse 1 to 8. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse 3. Please pay attention to this. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Okay, I love the way some 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 uh, um, more recent version puts it. Say, let each of you look out not for his own <laughs> his own interest, okay, but also for the but, but for the interest of others. In fact, so don't look for your interest. Look for the interest of others. And why does he say so? Verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross and then it goes on therefore god exalted him giving him a name uh, above every other name even that name is for us <laughs> it's not for him okay so what am i trying to drive out here back to verse 4 back to verse 4 let each of you look not out for his own interest but for the interest of others basically the writer here paul is telling these christians that <laughs> Don't look for your own interest. Look for the interest of others, just like Jesus did. Did we see that? Yeah. The writer here is saying that, remember the way Jesus did it for you and I. Now, look out not for your interest, but for the interest of others. So Jesus looked out not for his own interest, but the interest of others. Okay? Before the half, Jesus is God. No, he was telling the, the, the Jews before Abraham I was. No, he had everything <laughs> no, that could be had. What he did on earth was not going to mean promotion for him that he didn't have. Glory to Jesus. Everything he did, he did for our benefit. He did. Not for the conquest, not, not for the glory of conquest, not for the feeling of, yeah, I went, I saw, and I conquered. Not at all. He did them all in our place. He did them all for our sake. Substitution. Okay? So, let's see some, some more scriptures, actually. First Peter chapter 1, verse 11. Let's dwell a little bit on that. 
Let's dwell a little bit on that. He did it for us. That is the sole message. That's the key message today. Everything he did, he did for us. Then later on, we'll see the implication of this. First Peter chapter 1, verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified before and the sufferings of Christ and the glories that will follow. So Peter here is saying, okay, the suffering would be a prelude, a prelude to what? To some glory. What is that glory? Let's see Hebrews chapter 9, uh, chapter 2, verse 9. The one I said we'll get back to. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. What is that glory? Okay, if Christ would suffer, okay, and there will be glory to follow that, what is that glory that follows the suffering? That will give us a lot of clue tonight. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. But we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Do we see that again? He is tasting death for everyone. Let's see verse 10. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. So question, what was the sufferings meant for? To bring many sons to glory. So everything he did again, we see verse 9, that he might taste death for everyone. We see verse 10, that he might bring many sons unto glory. That it may be, you no. Know, the captain, indeed, of our salvation. So everything he did is sufferings just for you and I. Glory to Jesus. Just for you and I. Okay? You know, John chapter 12, Jesus gave an illustration that I particularly find very, very, like, helpful in helping us bring home this concept of substitution. Okay, John chapter 12, you know, it's one of the most illust uh, interesting illustrations that Jesus gave about how he is a substitute for us, for you and I. Do we want to see that? Of course. Let's see John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Let's see Jesus' illustration here that communicates this idea of substitution, what he came to do. John chapter 12, verse 23. John chapter 12, verse 23. But Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Now, what is that glorification of the Son of Man? Let's read on. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and, and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Oh, interesting. Except a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. And on what occasion is he saying this? He's saying the hour has come for him to be glorified. Okay? When Jesus says for, for, for the Son of Man to be glorified, he's talking about the death, the burial, and the resurrection that should follow. Okay? That was the moment, the key moment in his earthly ministry. Okay, that was his glorification. Glory to Jesus. So he's saying here, 
of this glorification is likening it, is giving an illustration that it's like a grain of wheat that dies and falls to the ground to bring forth more truth. Let's dwell a little bit on that. Okay, let's let's look at this together. Okay, in a grain, a grain of wheat, yeah, like Jesus put it, okay, you would agree with me that in a grain is many others or are many other grains. In a grain of wheat are many other grains. Now, when that one goes under, when it is buried, when it dies, okay, it's add in it, okay, all the other grains. Even though we don't see them, it had all the other grains in it, okay? But it dies in place of all of them. The other grains inside this one grain that is a seed do not experience the death per se. But this grain that is a seed takes the death of all of them. It is buried. It dies, okay? The planting of this seed is the planting of many grains, of the many grains that comes out of it. Okay? Let's follow that illustration. So, when it brings forth, it brings all others out. Remember, it dies alone. Even though it's dying the death of all others in it. But when it brings forth, it comes up with others. That communicates what idea again? Bringing many sons unto glory. Glory to Jesus bringing many sons unto glory, that he may be the firstborn amongst many brethren. That's what he came to do. Let's go on. So, for that seed, the death of the seed is the death of all the grains that are going to come out. (laughs) All the grains in it. Okay? The sprouting of this seed is the sprouting of all the grains in it. Its blossoming is the blossoming of every grain that is in it. Its fruiting is the fruiting of every grain that is in it. What a beautiful uh, um, illustration by Jesus Christ for the substitutionary work that he came to do in bringing many sons unto glory. Glory to Jesus. So people of God, Christ's death, burial, and resurrection was our death, burial, and resurrection. Glory to Jesus. He did all that he did for our benefit. Not is. He could have abided alone, just like Jesus said in that illustration. A grain of wheat, okay? If it doesn't die, it abides alone. He could have gone through that route of just abiding alone. It, the, the grain of wheat was good on its own. <laughs> but he chose to die to birth us all. Glory to Jesus. The grain of wheat chooses to die in order to bring out many grains unto glory. Glory to Jesus. What an illustration. He chose, Jesus chose to die in order to bath us all. In order to make us sons together with him. And he could be firstborn amongst many sons. In order to make us reign together with him. Romans chapter 5 verse 17 to 19. Glory. So, it is important for us to note here that that grain was fine. Jesus was fine, was fulfilled, was in no better state (laughs) than he needed to be. But he chose to die, not for himself, not for his own glory, not for his own benefit, but for us, for you and for me. Glory to Jesus. And that is the glory that was said before him. 
That was the glory that he saw. That was his glorification. He found glory in doing all that for you and I. Glory to Jesus. So, you know, Jesus also elsewhere, you know, made reference to something that actually happened in the Old Testament. Or should I say Old Testament according to arrangement of scriptures. But not Old Testament according to the covenant. Okay? Actually, what I mean is, this happened in the days of Abraham. And Abraham predated the old covenant. Glory to Jesus. So, now, Jesus made reference to something that happened with Abraham that communicated the substitutionary work of Christ. Remember, in John chapter 8, I think verse 32, John 8, 32, he said, no, uh, uh, you shall know the truth. He was talking to the Pharisees and, 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 and the others. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And then later on, in that same chapter, while communicating the truth, what truth? The truth of what he came to do for man. Okay? While communicating the truth all through that chapter, that he came to give light to man, he came to give salvation to man, he came to save man. In verse 56, he came to that point where he told them, no, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and, and, and he was glad. So the question is, when did Abraham see Jesus' day? When did Abraham see the day of Christ? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 to 19 answer that for us. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 to 19. When did Abraham see the day of Christ? What does this even mean? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 to 19. Let's see. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. Do we see similarity in what God did? Okay, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him a figure in a figurative sense. So, what happened on Mount Moriah, Hebrews chapter, uh, Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham tried to offer up Isaac? was a figure, was a figurative you know, expression, was a figurative sin for Jesus' substitutionary work. That is why when Abraham set up Isaac to be born, to, to be sacrificed at the pike, what happened? God stopped him and God said, oh, look up. And then he saw a lamb caught in its ticket, you know, in a ticket. So that was a picture, that was a typology, that was an acting, acting out of Jesus's substitutionary work for man. So in place of Isaac on the altar of sacrifice, the lamb got in there. The lamb was sacrificed in place of Isaac, was sacrificed instead of Isaac. The same way, instead of you and I, Jesus was our sacrifice. Glory to Jesus. Jesus took our death. Jesus took our sufferings instead of us. So it was all a typology of Christ's substitutionary work. Glory to Jesus. It was all a typology, all a figurative expression, all a act, no, an, a, 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 a theatric no, display of what Christ would do in his substitution, uh, substitutionary work. Glory to Jesus. So Jesus did not sin. We read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He did no sin. He knew no sin. In him was no sin. 
okay? Yet, he chose to die. He did not have to die. He didn't need to die, but he chose to die. Why? For you and I, to bring us up in glory, to bring many sons unto glory. He chose to take our place so we could have his place. He took our death. No, we have his life. That is why scripture says, John 5, 24, He that has believed him, he that has received him, has passed from death unto life. Glory to Jesus. He took the death we deserve and we take the life that he has. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Matthew chapter 24, verse 46. As, you know, God uh, declared, you no, know, Jesus declared, Oh, Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He called God, God, not Father this time. Why have you forsaken me? Jesus went through that so that we can remain. We can have God without ever thinking about being forsaken. He said, I will never leave you nor forsaken, uh, 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 nor forsake you. Glory to Jesus. Okay? So that when God told Jesus, Thou art my son today, this day have I begotten thee. That is the same thing God is telling you and I today. He took our place in being forsaken so that we will never be forsaken. Hallelujah. Now, as I begin to wrap up, having seen all these things, we have seen from several scriptures, from illustrations given by Jesus Christ, from references you know, are used by Jesus Christ, from the letters of the apostles. Okay, we have seen Christ, you no know, God in Christ, performing a substitutionary work for the sake of man, to die the death that man deserved, so that man may have the life he did not deserve which is eternal life. Hallelujah. We are coming there, maybe in subsequent classes. Glory to Jesus. So, having seen all these things, if Christ died to free you and I from condemnation, and we are in condemnation in our hearts, then what we are doing is we are underutilizing his death. We are underutilizing his death. If he died to save us, and we go about looking for how to save ourselves, how to curry good favor from God, thinking that, oh, if we attend church, if we do church, if we do arms, this is what gives us good favor before God, then what we do is we make uh, Jesus' work a waste. We make waste of Christ's sacrifice. Glory to Jesus. You take what he did as waste. That's why Paul was talking to the Galatian church, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 11. You can read that in your personal study. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Okay? Uh, 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 Christ is become of none effect to whichever of you is justified by the works of the law. So, it's easy, you know, in chapter 3, verse 1 to 11, he was telling them, oh, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Okay? That you should turn from the gospel which are saved into another gospel which is not another, but some pervert that which you have received. Okay, I'm paraphrasing quite a lot of things now. You know, it's easy to look at the Galatian church and say that, oh, wow, how, how could they be so foolish? How can they lose grasp of the gospel that Paul committed unto them? But to be factual, to be honest, the same thing happens in our days today. When you start hearing things like, oh, Christ and this is needed to be saved. No, the faith of Christ is not enough. You also need to do this. Christ plus, Christ plus, or Christ minus. 
when you start hearing things like that, those are exactly what Paul rebuked the Galatian church for. In their case, it was circumcision. Okay? But this goes beyond circumcision. Anything that is made as an addition to the faith, no, to faith in Christ for salvation, that is another gospel. That is not the gospel that Paul preached. That is not the gospel that is Christianity. Glory to Jesus. So any gospel that adds any clause to the absolutely work, uh, absolute work of Christ is what Paul called another gospel. Any bid to attain by some self-action, by some self-effort, by some uh, 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 self-sacrifice without Christ. <laughs> any attempt to achieve what Christ died to achieve for you using this means, okay? makes Christ of non-effect. Galatians chapter 1, 5 verse 4. That is what you are saying. You are basically saying what Christ did is a waste. Glory to Jesus. So beware. Beware. Christ is enough. Faith in Christ for salvation. What is salvation? Salvation is me putting my faith in Christ's substitutionary work. He died my death. Now I live his life. Glory to Jesus. That is salvation. Glory to Jesus. Me believing that from my heart, okay, that is what salvation is. Glory to Jesus. So Christ's work is absolute. It is eternal. It is complete. Nothing should be added. Nothing should be taken away. Beware. Again, beware. When you hear faith in Christ plus water baptism, faith in Christ plus do this, faith in Christ plus this, that is salvation. No. Salvation is faith in Christ. Now, when you are saved, you are able to live out the life of Christ from inside you, inside out, inward out transformation, and live lives that brings glory to your Father, that brings glory to God. Live lives worthy of the call. Live lives worthy of, our, of, 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 of the profession of our faith. Wow, can you declare with me, I own the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus' death was my death. Jesus' burial, Jesus' resurrection, they are mine. Oh, that is me being bathed into a new life. Glory to Jesus. Why don't you say, I believe, I believe Christ is my offering. Glory to Jesus. Christ paid it all for me. Glory to Jesus. Come on, give God praise. Give God praise. It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and would like to do this, Please say these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all my sins. You raised him from the dead and is alive today. By his sacrifice, I am forever forgiven, forever justified, and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. 
Amen. Congratulations, you are now a member of God's family. It is now Father to you. We encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.